Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, we're joined by Sharon Bolt. Sharon is a publicity expert and the founder of Get Free Publicity Today. She's been a business owner and entrepreneur for over 16 years. Now, during the last 10 years, she's contributed to more than 40 different local and national newspapers, magazines, television, radio shows. She's received over $2 million in free publicity and free advertising. She's also the co-author of two books, Successful Women in Business and Every Entrepreneur's Guide, Running Your Own Business. Sharon, thank you so much for joining us today. I cannot wait to learn more about how you get all this awesome free publicity. (laughs) Hello, Millette. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your show. I'm really excited to be here. Well, before we jump into more about what you do in your business, I would love it if you could tell us just a little bit about you, maybe some of the things you like to do when you're not working. Oh, okay. Yeah, sounds good. Well, I've been married to a lovely man for 21 years. Um, I love to travel and have lived in Australia and Germany and have been to numerous places in the US as well as other countries such as Canada and Malaysia and Singapore. And I love dogs. And I also love building a business. Now, I know it sounds a little bit sad, but I do. <laughs> I, You know, I know in my spare time, I still love all about my business. Well, I think that's something that everybody aspires to. And I think that's what a lot of coaches get into coaching for is because they just want something that they're going to be excited to wake up in the morning and do every single day. So... The first part of our conversation is going to focus a little bit on your business and the things that you do. So tell us a little bit more about Get Free Publicity Today. How'd you get into it? And just give us the all the details. Great. Right. Well, I first started getting media attention over 10 years ago. And what happened was, is I, at the time, I had a complementary therapy practice. So I deal, dealt with healing people with bad backs and indigestion and migraines and things like that. And at the time, we had got two little puppies, two eight-week-old puppies, boys from the same litter, brought them home and thought, wow, you know, this is so exciting, need to get them into puppy socialization classes. So when I actually tried to do that, I spoke to about seven or eight different dog trainers because they were all full and busy and I couldn't get my little puppies in anywhere. But when I said to them, I've got these two puppies, boys from the same litter, Parson Terriers, they said, oh, my goodness, this is the worst case scenario. And what this will probably mean is because they're blood related, they're going to look at each other and do whatever they want. And also they will probably fight for the top dog position whereby I get nasty and you'll need to rehome one. 
Mm-hmm. Well, if if there's any dog lovers out there listening at the moment, it's like giving up one of your children. So I just there was no way that was going to happen to me. So I was on a mission. I was wanting to find a way, a solution that I could use that was kind and natural that they would understand. And I realised that I needed to learn their language. So that's how it, it developed. And I suppose it must have been about. Oh, about four or five months after that, I was getting great results with my two little puppies. And I was also introducing what I'd learned because I was studying, I was watching how they interacted. And I, I started to introduce dog training to my clients who were my complementary therapy clients. Mm. And we were getting great results with their dogs too. And at the time, there was a radio station here in the UK. It's called Radio 2, and it's a national radio station. And one of the DJs on the Drive Time show said that he was looking to get a dog training expert on the show the following week. And I thought, you know what? I can do that. I can go on and tell people about dog training. I feel confident to do that. I know that I'm not a dog trainer. You know, I'm I'm in a complementary therapy business, not a dog training business. But I loved the dog training. I had so much to share and so much to give. And I thought to myself, do you know what? I'm going to go for it. So I sat down and I wrote an email to the show and I said I knew enough that I needed to make it all about them and not about me. They were Mm -hmm. interested in what I could do for them and their listeners. So that was everything that I was telling them. I wasn't telling them that I didn't have a dog training business. That wasn't a selling point for me anyway. (laughs) Right. And thankfully, they didn't care. They just wanted someone to enlighten and entertain their audience. And that was the direction I went with. So I sent the email off and I got nothing back. And then it was a couple of days later, the same DJ said that he wanted to speak about overweight dogs. And in his words, he called them podgy dogs. <laughs> so, so in the subject letter, subject header now of the email, I wrote, his name was Chris, Chris, podgy dogs, I'm your girl. <laughs> and in, in the email, I said about why dogs were overweight, what we needed to do. I mean, I was already naturally feeding my own dogs. I knew a lot about nutrition. And I said to him, you know, you need to get me on your show. And I explained that I was an expert in this field. I believed that I had a lot to give. So I sent that off and I got nothing back. Then it was the weekend. I went and did a dog training consultation and it was about a dog that was literally eating the house from the inside out. Had terrible separation anxiety when their owners went to work. So I came home and I sat down and I wrote an email and I explained about this consultation. And I said why it happened, what the answer was and what I did. And on the Monday morning, I got a call from the researchers. On the Wednesday, I was up in London in the studios being introduced as a dog training expert and given advice and tips and tricks to over four million listeners. Wow. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's pretty cool. I mean, most people wouldn't do that. Most people wouldn't have enough belief in themselves, especially knowing that they didn't have any formal training. And it was just something that they were really passionate about, but they would let that get into their head. And they wouldn't take that step 
to to go for it, much less to go for it three times in a row when you hadn't heard anything back before. That's right. And I think this is what's something I really like to tell people. There's a couple of things about mindset. It's really strong, I think, and, you know, especially if you're a coach or in any type of business. It's how you think and how you feel. And I believed that, that I could make a difference. And the thing is, I didn't wait for somebody else to validate me. I didn't say, oh, I didn't go around and ask my friends and say, do you think I can do this? You know, is this the good thing for me to do? Should I do this? I didn't ask anyone. Anybody, I I really focused on from within and what I felt I could do. And in line with that, Manette, and this is what I always tell people, be careful who you share this with. You know, when you have an idea or something that's out the box or what people don't normally do, they reflect back to you how it would be in your situation. So all their fears and worries and what if it goes wrong. So I always say, and this is what I did, I hardly told anybody I was going on the show because I knew what I would be reflected back with. So I told people after the event and not before the event. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I mean, I really just love the way you put it that even though people maybe aren't trying to bring us down, they're not trying to rain on our parade, they are reflecting back their own fears and their own apprehension. They're putting themselves into the position that we're in. And unfortunately, a lot of times not really giving us that positive reinforcement that we're looking for or that we need in that situation. Well, that's correct, isn't it? And as you say, they don't mean to. They think that they're, they're helping us. They don't want us to, to have egg on our face. They don't want us to go wrong. But it is all fear related. And it's what I call playing the what if it goes wrong game rather than what if it goes right game. Mm hmm. So after you got on that first radio show, were you hooked? Was that kind of like you got in there and you told everybody what you had to offer and the information you could provide? And I bet that felt pretty good. I know I would be like, yeah, I'm going to do some more of this. This is awesome. Absolutely. I had so much fun. And the other thing I, I did, Millette, and I think this is uh, good for to share with people is I never even went there of how many lists that was going to be what happened was is the researcher when they were taking me down from the studio and they said oh that was great showing your tone and pace was great and you know that was really good and then they mentioned that there was over four million people listening now that was the first time I even contemplated that because if I'd have thought about that in advance I'd have been really scared mm. so so I think, you know, yes, you have to be careful how far you let your mind go with it. So just to stay quite present. But yeah, I had absolutely got the bug. And I, because I was so passionate about the dogs, it was an easy transition then into my dog training profession. And I, if you, you know, if you think about it, I, I was a startup. I was less than a startup. I had no business. I had no website. I had no email address. There was no internet at that time anyway. And, but what it did do for me, and I, I really wasn't set up to take advantage of 4 million people listening to me mm. because I didn't have anything to really send them to. So I, it wasn't that the phone was ringing off the wall for me, but what it did do is it gave me that credibility. It positioned me as an expert straight away 
way when I came into that new profession right from the word go. Mm, yeah, that's that's really good. And I think that's a really good takeaway for people is I don't necessarily think that I would call it a mistake, but just to learn from something that you were able to learn from, which is have somewhere for people to go, have something that you can send them to because you maybe you didn't lose anything because like you said, you were still able to really be positioned as an expert. So you were able to take advantage of that. But one thing for people to keep in mind is kind of lay that foundation. And then as you're getting this publicity, you're going to have that ability to capture people's names and get them on a list or to set up strategy calls or to really capitalize on the experience. That's exactly right, Millet. And the thing is, it's it's so true. And that's what I teach people now when they are looking to get publicity. I explain to them, get something on your website or a landing page where you can give them something for free, like a free ebook, a free report, a video series. So you can start capturing people's names and then start building a relationship with the, with them. It is the best way to build a relationship because people that have heard you in the media, you are instantly credible to them. Mm. So they have that trust. You know, you've overcome a lot of the objections you have. This is now a warm or even hot audience that you have because they've listened to you. They might have read about you in a newspaper. They've heard you on a radio station or a podcast show or seen you on TV. And suddenly they think they know you. So you have like this celebrity status that you you carry around with you so that when you now send your emails to them, you're already credible. This is when people open your emails and this is when they're listening to what you have to say and what you have to offer. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about the transition. So you were getting labeled as this expert in dog training. So let's talk about how did you make that shift from you being the expert in dog training to then helping other people learn about getting publicity for themselves? Well, what I did, I, I've spent all oh, years and years in the dog training industry because that was my passion. That's what I wanted to do. And I just continued to get more and more publicity. So I've been on TV. I've been on numerous TV breakfast programs. I was on a BBC documentary. I have a regular slot on BBC radio where I go down to the studios and I answer the listeners' doggy dilemmas. And I've done that for over eight years. So I've continued to do all the media stuff with my dog business. And mm. then I transitioned in the fact where where I used to do a lot of one-to-one -one consultations for the dog training. What I did is I, I actually transferred all of my dog training classes online. Mm. So they sell now all over the world. And that's just lovely. That just sort of like runs itself. And I still use, use my dog training media, um, interviews in order to bring traffic to my funnel in order to sell my courses. Wow. So that's, so I'm, I still have my dog training business on autopilot. And what I do now, I've spent the last three years, because what happened, Millet, is that every time I would meet up with business owners, they'd want to know, you know, what do you do? How do you do it? How can I do it in my business too? 
And I just thought to myself, do you know what? I really do need to start thinking about how I can put it down on paper and teach it to somebody else and mm. start questioning myself. What do I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how am I doing it? So I've spent the last three years just doing that and also looking at the latest tricks and tips and ways of getting publicity online and offline. And I'm in the process right now of creating three online publicity courses. Mm. So I'm where I'm literally from A to Z teaching people step by step how they can do it. Nice. Yeah, I love that you were able to build up this business and then transition it to almost being on autopilot so you're still able to have that business it's running sort of as a passive income almost and then within that you're, you're able to branch out and then teach people the things that really made that business successful I mean I just I absolutely love that story yeah and and you're right it is my dog training business now is is just on autopilot and it is purely passive income. And the great thing is, because I'm able to use my credible stuff within the media, that gets people's attention. Plus, when I do my media interviews and my my uh, regular dog training, uh, phone-in sessions and things like that, that it just brings more and more traffic to my website. They sign up for my free ebook. And so it continues. It's so amazing that you've been able to really create this this awesome business that you love and that totally speaks to your purpose in life. And then not only that, but then spin off something else that focuses on something that you really love to do. That's right. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because what seems to have happened is every time my passion shifts slightly, I'm able to set something up with what I've done and then I'm on to my next passion. And that's exactly what's happened here. And I just wanted to say also about this, because I think that's great that you brought up about SEO because when you do media interviews, and this is what happens with my dog training website, what happens is when I do the media interviews, if I get a link then, say, from a TV show or or it could be like a, a newspaper or a radio station, that is really good link juice. Mm-hmm. That is a high authoritative uh, domain that is linked to my website. So it automatically brings me up high on Google search and obviously the other search engines as well. So when you get the media interview, it starts to become like a, it, it almost is like it just falls falls in place you know one thing happens after the next you know you do one interview then other journalists hear that interview so they want you to in they want to interview you too so there's like a knock-on effect there but there's also the seo purposes as well and then you've got all your potential customers looking and listening at you listening to you and thinking oh i wonder if she can help me and so it starts to just catapult from there Yes, absolutely. Now, I want to talk a little bit about people who are just getting started. So if you haven't really done any PR, if you haven't really gotten out there and and gotten yourself on any radio shows or podcasts or, or interviewed anywhere, what do you think is like somewhere that people could just start out? What would be your recommendation for someone new? 
Yeah, that's a really good question because, I mean, as you know, I was a starter out myself mm-hmm. and um, and I, I do understand, I get it, that there's not many people would, that would just say, look, I'm going for the national media and it, I'll be fine and everything. I know that's not the case for a lot of people. So what I would say to people is if you if you do aspire to that, then go big. Uh, you know, that's what I did. But if that brings up some type of hesitation or fear of what might go wrong, then it's not quite right just yet for you is what I would say. But the way to do this is to start building your credibility and building your experience. And the best way to do this is to start with your local newspapers, because what the, what happens with the local newspapers is they're looking to feature local people. So they, you know, if you do something good or or something that's a bit different or out of the box and things like that, they're looking for some good story angles from from business owners. They that is what they do. They feature people like that. And I would say one of the best ways that you can look to do this is to really think about your business story. So what is it about? What's your why of starting a business? Now, sometimes it can be, you know, the rags to riches type story where you was, you was, I don't know, sleeping on your friend's couch and now you're a millionaire. You know, they're the rags to riches stories, but it doesn't have to be that. It could simply be that you're, you wanted to be able to pick up your children from school and share more of their growing up time with them. So you kicked the nine to five and now you've become self-employed. So, you know, it can be anything think like that start thinking about your story because the thing is with journalists they are professional storytellers and they are looking for good stories now good stories are not about you as such I know I'm talking about your own business story but what I mean by that is not about self-promotion it's about giving them a story that is either inspiring to their readers or is educational informative or entertaining their, their readers so you're giving them something and then when they've come and you found this and you, you've gone through your local newspaper, look to see where you might fit in. And who's the journalist? What's their name? Now, journalists, they want to be found because they're looking for some stories. So so what's, what is that, that journalist name that you think would be interested in your business story? And then you can either just ring the the publication itself themselves or they sometimes will give you an email address of directly of that reporter, but ring or contact in some way that journalist and offer your story idea and ask them if they'd like to interview you. Now, you said a couple of things that I want to dig into a little bit more, and it might not necessarily be completely about local. So let's just let's talk a little bit about headlines. You mentioned headlines earlier. And but I want to go back to what you said about how you got that radio guy's attention that he was talking about the chunky dogs and you use that in your email header to kind of get his attention and maybe stand out a little bit. So is that something that you advise people to do to really personalize the email to sort of get someone's attention. 
Yeah, the great thing about what happened for me, Millet, was the fact that it was current. It was happening. It was happening soon. I knew, you know, this was something like, I think I heard this on the Wednesday and it, they were saying it was happening the following Wednesday. So I knew there was a week in which time they had to find somebody. So they were looking, they were needing somebody. They said they were going to contact somebody that was in the media already. And I thought, well, no, I'll I'll make it easy for you. That's the whole idea. You want to make their job easy. Mm. So, So because it was current and it was happening there and then, that's why I think I got so much traction from what I did because I was constantly feeding what they were looking for. So so if if something is current and it's newsworthy it's happening right now then then yeah that is a really good angle to go for but if it's not and you're wanting to you know come up with with a story idea the thing to do is in the subject line first of all because journalists get so many emails a day i mean sometimes especially the nationals they get hundreds of emails a day sometimes So you've got to stand out. And one of the best ways to stand out straight away is in the subject line to put, it could be something like story idea or um, interview idea or pitch or press release. So they know straight away this is a potential story idea and it's not spam or junk mail. Mm. Then after that, you put your headline very clear and very concise and it's really a summary of what your story idea is about so say that you're I don't know say you're a health and diet expert you could then put something like lose weight fast with this rare spice so you've at the front you've put pitch or story idea and then you've put lose weight fast with this rare spice so they know at a glance what the story idea is about. So they know whether it's relevant to them and if it's something of interest to them right now. So clear, concise, and that headline, if you can keep it within around about 10 words, that would be really good to do because as we all know in our in our emails, in our inboxes, you only see a certain amount of words. So the other tip I have for you is that when you are writing that headline, put the most important words at the front so you make sure that they see it. Do you recommend that before people try to approach maybe some of the larger online publications that they have a few things published locally? Does that give people sort of a leg up on the competition? It it really begins with being relevant. So, for example, if you wanted to um, be, I don't know, if you wanted to become a contributor, say, to the Huff Post, and you, in fact, they've changed a few bits in the Huff Post nowadays, but say you was was applying to be a contributor to them, and you have been commissioned and you've written and been interviewed in some of the national papers then because it's like for like then it is it is more in in line with it but if you also have been interviewed on tv which is extremely credible and you have like a regular radio slot then of course this is all very credible stuff that you can put through to them but i do like to personally link people to the same sort of medium so so as i say if it's the huff post and it's about writing something and you've written 
written an interv- uh, an article or you've you've been interviewed in a national newspaper or even a local newspaper you know we've we have to start somewhere mm-hmm. then i would definitely put that in there because it is all about credibility so what's your take on cross references then because like you were saying it is maybe more important for it to be like for like what if someone got started doing podcast interviews is that even relevant to put in a pitch to the Huffington Post or are they just they're not going to care well that does because i mean podcasting is now obviously getting more and more popular all the time and which is fantastic i think it is growing at a um considerable rate i actually looked at some statistics and in this from uh, 2015 to 2016 the podcast Podcasting uh, viewers or rather the listeners had increased by 23%. So the more that that grows, and it is definitely going to grow, there's no doubt in my mind about that, the more credible that that will become. So if it's a podcast show that they haven't perhaps heard of, then I would definitely put that in if you haven't got anything more well known. But if it is a very, very well-known um, podcast show, then, of, then that is going to be credible. So when you pitch to the editor, your specialised editor in the Huff Post, it will be dependent on whether they are a podcast fan. Because if they listen to a lot of podcasts, they're going to know more and it's going to be more credible. But if they don't tend to dip in much to podcasts, then obviously, if you've been featured on in in the magazine that's that's popular or newspaper, on, and particularly any TV, TV is seems to be the ultimate credibility. If you can say you've been interviewed on TV, then I would always, always, always say about that. That's why I always say about the BBC because it's extremely well known, and I always talk about the documentary that I made because again, it's a TV and it it has it's full of credibility. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, everybody's local area has a more national affiliate, the local station that's an affiliate for like the national news. Is that still something? I mean, that's not really like a lie, but is there a way like if you were able to get on your local morning talk show and let's say for for the US, it's a an NBC affiliate. So like maybe that would be like a BBC affiliate. Is that still something that you can you can sort of point to and say, hey, I was on the ABC affiliate. I would just say I was on ABC. ABC is ABC. And whether it's whether it's an affiliate or not, it's all of the same same company, gotcha. isn't it? So, so yeah, I I um I would never ever ever lie, ever because you'll be found out and then you'll be blacklisted. It's just not worth going there. But I don't. I I always like to play it up rather than play it down. So so yes, wherever it, it becomes from a bigger bigger <laughs> company sure. and something that is particularly credible then i would just leave it at that so for, i'll give you an example with that my when the um the regular radio spot that i do is a local bbc radio but i just refer to it as a bbc radio slot yeah so there's really no need to shoot yourself in the foot if you're on <laughs> if you're on the bbc you're on the bbc leave it at that you don't have to to get into the the fine details and knock yourself out of the running for something <laughs> <laughs> no i mean if somebody said to me oh what bbc show is it i'd say oh it's the it's radio sussex and radio surrey 
and then I would explain it, but I wouldn't offer it up. Yes, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. So actually, that's a really good idea then, because starting locally, you probably have a much better opportunity of getting into some of the local papers, getting into even local magazines, local radio, and then just use those as stepping stones for larger and larger publications. Absolutely. And the really good thing about the local press and the local media is that other journalists will be watching and looking. So you could very easily do a local interview and and particularly if it's local TV and you've got other journalists as national journalists who are looking for good interviews too. So from that one one appearance or one interview that you do, you can it's happened to me a lot where I've then got calls where people have said, oh, I just saw you interviewed on such and such. I'd love for you to come on our show or be interviewed in our publication. Let's talk a little bit about something else that you said, and that was not being overly promotional. Now, I know that everybody listening is trying to grow a business. I mean, we want coaching clients, we want business, but how do we balance that with not coming off as the jerk who just wants to promote their business and not give value. Yeah, no, that is such a good question, isn't it? Because you're absolutely right. Of course, we want to promote our business. But you know what? The, this is this is some tough love for us. I'll tell you, I've got a lot of journalist friends and I'll take you into their mindset. And that is they don't care about us and our businesses. They really don't. What they care about is educating, entertaining and informing their audience. That's their mission. That's their job. So if in that they do end up promoting you, because normally if you've done an interview, you know, there'll be an opportunity to either link to your website or talk a little bit about something that you're doing. But really, it's about the audience. And they if well, they just they wouldn't publish it or you certainly wouldn't be invited back if you just came in and said, listen, I'm doing X, Y and Z and I just want to tell everybody about it. Mm. Right. Yeah, I think that's something that I mean, almost like in podcasting, I think that that's something that's really interesting to me because I'm coming up against a lot of a lot of interview requests that really are geared a lot around how much promotion I'm going to be offering. And I think it's interesting that you say that, you know, you're just going to get no response from more traditional journalists and more traditional publications and shows if you go into it with the idea that you're going to use their platform as your infomercial. That's it. And the the good thing is podcasts are not naturally I've done or oh, I've done numerous podcast interview interviews now. So I because when I'm teaching something, I want to trial and test it myself. So I'm talking from the inside out and from experience. And I've got to tell you that the great thing about podcasting, and I would really recommend that people do it because it is a platform that not only can you reach so many people, so many of your 
potential customers. So not only, I mean, there's huge benefits and that's just one of them. But what you also get with podcasting is it is much more relaxed. So, you know, there, there are opportunities where the podcast host will ask you about what you're working on or what you're doing or where people can find you. There is always that aspect of it. You right. do not find that in traditional media. And I think that's so interesting that the way that I like to structure my interviews is to give people that opportunity because, hey, I'm a business person, too. I want to do business. I want to grow my business. And I know that the people coming on to my show want to do the same thing. But it's very interesting in podcasting that people are really pushing those boundaries a little bit just to see, because it's a brand new medium, to see where it's going to fall, you know, what they can get away with, how much they can promote, how much they can try to monopolize. And I'm just, I find it super interesting. And it's something that I'm just really enjoying learning about and seeing who comes on my show. And and the shows that are just so valuable really are the ones where the people come on and they teach. Yes. And then in exchange, I make it a point to ask them what they're doing and to ask them what's next and to give them those opportunities to share how people can learn more. And I think that exchange is really where the best value comes from. I agree. And I think you hit the nail on the head as well, because the thing is with podcast hosts, they are usually business owners. So, of course, we come from the same mindset. You know, we understand we're all building a business and running a business. Now, when you look at a traditional journalist, they are not business owners. They work for the newspaper or, you know, they've got deadlines. They've got editors to please. They've got, you know, these story ideas to come up with. It's a whole different mindset and ball game. So, so I think that is another reason why podcast shows and, and podcast hosts allow you to, as business owners, to, to say more about what you do. And it is much more relaxed. And it's not that you don't get to mention anything about you on, on, you know, like say, for example, this, the radio show that I go on to. And as I say, I drive down to the, the studios. I've been on there for over eight years, once a month. At the end of the phone-in, and I'm on for about half an hour at a time, I the, the host then will say, oh, where can people find out more about you, Sharon? But I don't sit there for that. So I've answered question after question after question all that time, and I haven't haven't mentioned about my business it's more about you know showing people that you know what you're talking about it's an it's an opportunity for you to share your knowledge and to give back as well I think and I certainly it just goes against my grain to go on to any type of show or be interviewed in any type of media where it's all about me and I'm not really giving anything to the viewers or the listeners well, I think that that's where people will eventually tune out as well, when, because people can smell a sales pitch a mile away. And if they're used to coming on and, and listening to something and really learning, and then all of a sudden, all they're hearing is the title of this program and the title of that book and how to get on my list and how to book a discovery call, they're going to tune that out pretty quickly and just be like, oh, no, thanks. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I would too. I mean, there's nothing worse, is there, listening to a show and you think, oh, here, here she goes again, telling me about what she's doing. Oh, just get on and tell me something what I can do. <laughs> right. Well, because that's the thing is everybody, no matter what the medium, whether it's a magazine or a TV show or a radio show or a podcast, everybody is listening for themselves. Yes. They're not listening for you. They're not listening for me. They're listening for themselves and they're listening for those problems that they want solved. And that's that's what they want. They want, you know, someone that can help them, not someone who's just going to go crazy with the promotions. Well, that's exactly it, isn't it? Well, what else do we need to know about publicity? As far as coaches go, what would be just some advice that you would give for someone who's never really done this before, should they pick something and start there? Should they have like a whole media plan and, and try to put in a certain amount of time every week working on this? What's what's some ideas for folks? Great. Yeah. Now, what I'm going to tell people about is because I think this is the easiest way to get publicity without any experience or any, any know-how or anything. And really, it's the way that it happened for me when I told my story about getting on to the national radio. And that is what's called new newsjacking or piggybacking off the news. So it's when something hits the headlines and you think about how you can use that story and relate it to your business. So I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. When Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie split up, of course, it just sent shockwaves across the world. I mean, it hit all over the world, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Right. But with that, it opened up numerous opportunities for different business owners. So, for example, if you were a parenting expert at that time, you could come up with a story idea such as how to make sure your child doesn't think a divorce is your fault. Now, from the same story, if you was a divorce lawyer, you could come up with seven steps to getting the best settlement from a divorce and still remaining friends. Nice. Then also from that very same story, if you was a marriage or relationship expert, you could come up with a story idea such as five sure signs that your marriage is heading for divorce. They're all topical. They're all relevant at that time. So what I would suggest to people is to keep a check on what's going on, particularly in your niche and what is happening in the media. And think about different ways that you can then piggyback or newsjack off that and incorporate it into your business. Yeah, that's really, really good. And it doesn't have to be when you first started talking, I was like, okay, wait a minute. How am I going to think of something that has to do with Brad Pitt? No, that's not what you're doing. You're looking at just what's bubbling out there. You know, what sort of topics are in the news? Not necessarily the person, but just if the topic is a big divorce, then you can see how your business might sort of work its way in. Or if the topic is a big business, that tumbled. That would be a lot of opportunity for business coaches to to kind of come in and offer up different advice, different stories that might be pertinent. 
Absolutely. You've got it, Minette. It's it's a way of taking what's going on and it could even be like a, a report, a, you know, a statistics of that saying that something is decreased or increased and it's getting worse. And, and you as an expert in your field in that particular niche says you have the answers and why it's happening. And you put yourself as an expert because you know and have some great content and some great information to share. And then the whole article will be about that content and then they naturally will mention your name, hopefully your business and a link to where people can find you. Yeah, that's really, really good advice. I love that. One thing that I want to go back to, you mentioned earlier that you were starting to put some courses together. So I would love to know, what is it that your Get Free Publicity Today Well, what's it going to be tomorrow? What are you working on for the future? (laughs) Well, yes, it's these three courses I am looking to launch probably in about a month's time. So I say it's been three years in the making because I wanted to trial and test everything and put everything up to date and one course is about for people that want to get get interviewed in newspapers and magazines and blog sites another one is specifically for radio interviews and podcast interviews and the third one is about getting tv interviews so it's it's really an a to z of how to find the niche journalist how to come up with story ideas that get attention and headlines and also how to write a pitch with samples and handouts and templates and everything you need to do what you need to do to get publicity. So, yeah, that's exciting for me. I say it's a, it's been my project for, for oh, over three years now, so I'm excited to share it with people. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting because a lot of people, especially solopreneurs, they really do like to... They like to do a lot of things themselves, maybe not because they just want to, but because the budget is a little bit less sometimes than the big businesses. So it's really good to have that opportunity to be able to jump into a course, learn how to do it yourself, get your feet wet, do it on your own for a while. But then also on the flip side, then when you get ready to hire somebody and you get ready to pass that off to someone else, you know enough about it to really have a good idea of, is this person that I'm going to hire truly an expert and do they really know what they're doing? Absolutely. And I personally, I have done my own publicity and I have in the early days, I, I did actually employ the services of a publicity firm. And I realized quite soon that that I got much better results than they did. And they just were baffled why I was getting national attention when they were just struggling to get some media attention for me locally. So so I think that we are our best we are the best people to represent our business. You know, we're, with the journalists, they want to speak to us. They don't actually want to speak to a PR person. They want to speak to the business owner. So doing our own publicity, we're the most passionate. We know what we're about. Whereas when we actually, and of course, we can train somebody within our company in order to do it for us. I, I am a believer in that. But to pass it out to another company and hand it over, I I just don't think we get the same results. 
Right. Yeah, I agree with that. And I really love the idea of your courses because as a podcast host, I get a ton of requests. And I have to say, I have seen the good and the bad and the ugly, and there are some ugly ones out there. So (laughs) I have to say that I think that anybody that's interested in publicity would be doing themselves a big service to get some training and to really get some experience and learn from someone who has been there and done that and can really help them craft something that's not going to get chuckled at, that's not going to get deleted, but that's really going to get looked at and, and taken seriously. And the thing is that I learned, Manette, is in my years of doing the publicity is that you can get publicity, but there's also a way of getting building a business with through publicity mm. because people can get a lot of publicity, but they don't get any sales. So that's what I really started to see and what I've focused on and how to run your publicity as a business then and to make the most of it and then get ongoing publicity. So these are the things that I've included in the course as well as media training what to say how to come across how to how to get the best out of every media interview that you do that's what I focused on too within the courses yeah I mean that makes a lot of sense because I was talking to an interviewee that I did one of the first ones and one of the things that she was telling me was that she got invited to go on to entrepreneur on fire and she was so excited and this was such a great such a great thing for her and then she realized that all this traffic that she was getting she didn't have anywhere for him to go she didn't she didn't have anything ready. She didn't have a product or, or anything. It was just like they came back and landed on her website and were just like, oh, that's a pretty website. Okay. I think she actually used that as like her big disappointment was that she just didn't feel like she had been able to really capitalize on that publicity. And I think that's a huge thing for people. It doesn't matter if you get on HuffPost. It doesn't matter if you get on ABC News. It doesn't matter if you get on Entrepreneur on Fire, if you can't do anything with that traffic and with those eyeballs. Absolutely. And I've in the course and you're absolutely right you know these are all things that I've learned you know I, I spoke about didn't I I did the same thing I got on national radio and I had nowhere for them to go mm. so um yeah it, it is you you learn these things when you've gone through them but I in the courses naturally I've got a whole planning section of how to get yourself ready and how to find the best places and best people to speak to when you want to get on the type of publications and shows that you want to be featured in so there's a whole planning section to it as well it's not just about doing an interview and getting through an interview some you know some business owners sort of like think oh I just need to get through it you know I just hope I don't say anything wrong no it's a huge opportunity to grow your business tremendously when you know what you're doing Mm, right yeah absolutely well Sharon, this has been such a good conversation, and I have learned so much about publicity. I would like to ask one one final question before we go into our final, final questions, and that is, <laughs> what would be some advice that you would have for someone who's just getting started and just an entrepreneur in general? Is there anything when you were getting started that you look back on and maybe you wish you had done? Yeah, I, I think it is about that not being ready on the website you know it was that that 
where am I going to send people? I always say to people, don't miss out on an opportunity. So if somebody has said to me, oh, you know, you've got nowhere to send these people that when you do the national radio interview, so what's the point? No, definitely not go for it without a doubt because it is huge credibility. I mean, it, it, it got me into celebrity clients. It, it got me opening doors. It did huge for me. But, but to be set up and have that, and that's my number one media goal is to get yourself set up on your website. So you have something of value to, to give your potential customers who are going to come to your website after they've seen your interview. Because even if you don't get your, your website name or, or details in the publication, people can Google your name, that your name will be in, in it somewhere. Right. So, so where, when that, those people come to your website, give them something for free because they're already potentially hot subscribers here for you. So at that stage, give them that, that ebook, that free report, that checklist, that template, that video series, something that is of value to them, whereby you can then start to build a relationship. So that is again, giving them lots of really good content. That's not initially about selling. Again, it's still about giving content and valuable information, just like we do in our media interviews to our prospective clients there, and then start to trickle in about what you're doing and, and what you have to sell. Nice. Yeah, that's really great advice. Don't get your name out there without having something for people to do. Once they come back and they want to learn more about you, make sure that there's a way for them to do that and make sure there's a way for you to capture that information so that you can continue to let them know what you're up to. Yes, definitely. That is the that is the number one media goal in my mind is to get yourself set up. But I do say, don't miss out on opportunities that are there for you in between. So say, don't don't think, oh, no, I can't go for that because I'm not set up. Yes, your number one goal is to get yourself set up, but don't miss out on opportunities along the way. Well, and these days, there's so much technology. You can, I'm sure that if I had 10 minutes, I could go and find myself a very inexpensive or free landing page and hook it up to a free mailer system and be ready in 30 minutes or an hour if I absolutely had to be. It might not be pretty, but it would at least get the job done quickly. It, it would. And then it would take you probably, I don't know, a day or two to come up with a really good offer such a, as a report or a template. But you've probably, you know, if it's if it's a business that you're passionate about, you've probably already got stuff that you can pull from and just put it up a little bit and go to somewhere like fiverr.com and get them to design something for you for five dollars and there you go right yeah absolutely so don't overcomplicate it and don't miss out on opportunities because you're worried that things aren't going to be perfect just get something out there and get started that's right Sharon, this has been an amazing conversation. I have learned so much about getting free publicity and how to get in front of the people who are the decision makers. So I've so enjoyed this. And I would love to finish up now with the final five rapid fire questions. Okay, sounds good. So what is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? 
Well, what I like to do is I like to meditate first thing every every morning. It's usually about for 15 or 20 minutes. And what that does is it balances me and sets me up for, for, you know, for the day ahead. And I like to, I actually have a loud ticking clock by my side and I try to focus on that and thoughts will come and then I don't entertain them and let them go and focus back on the ticking clock. And and that is really lovely. It, it just balances me. It sets me up for the day. And uh, that is one thing that I do every single day. Nice. What's one quality that you feel every successful business person needs to spend some time developing? Well, I don't think you're going to be surprised by this, Millet, because it's about positive mindset and self-belief. Mm. And I really encourage people that don't wait for others to validate you and tell you that you're doing a good job and that you're good enough and 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 to be gung-ho about your idea and your business really go within and just feel for you and do be careful who you share your ideas with especially at that time when they're new and fresh because that's the time where people they don't mean to but they can knock them down and suddenly you just don't feel like doing it anymore recommend one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life well, for me, it was um, Ask and It's Given by Esther Hicks. Yep. Love that one. Yeah. I love the law of attraction and I particularly love the the Abraham and the Esther Hicks version. Give us an online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without. Now, I think what we should do here, Millette, on this is to give a shout out to radioguestlist.com. Ah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to elaborate a little bit because people are thinking, well, what's that about? That's where we found each other, isn't it? Right. And it's a great service. And, you know, for people that want to get started and get up and running, you know, for, for very, very good, well, I think it's something like for $5, you can get some really good connections with people and end up on really great shows just like I am with you. Absolutely. That's an awesome one. Now, finally, how can the listeners best connect with you if they want to know more about what you're doing, if they want to get more information about those awesome courses that you have coming out? What's your website and what social platforms are you on? Well, my website is getfreepublicitytoday.com. And you probably won't be surprised because to hear that I've got a free report for people on there, <laughs> which they can download, which is called how to write an attention-grabbing press release that creates win-win situations with the media. And you can, you can literally download it there and you can start setting up and getting press releases set, sent out in order to get, well, to get lots of publicity for your business. So there is a format to press releases and that's exactly what I talk about step-by-step step of how to do it in that free report. Additionally, I have got a, a YouTube channel and there's lots of free tips on there. I mean, I think I've got 40 or so plus videos on there. So if you go to getfreepublicitytoday.com slash YouTube, you'll get to that channel. On Twitter, I'm at Publicity Sharon and on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash getfreepublicitytoday. Perfect. Well, I will be sure to get all of those links and all of the recommendations onto the show notes page. 
Sharon, I want to thank you again for joining me today. This has been a really informative conversation, and I know that the listeners are going to absolutely love what we've gone over. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, Millette, and I'm so, so pleased that you invited me on your show. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.